where they get, man. Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac Man, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Case Court Podcast. It's your boy, Case, the realest basketball fan alive, and I'm live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Westside. Thank you for tuning in. This is Season 3, Episode 5, and I'm here with your boy, Braxton, Indiana. What's going on out there, man? How's the weather? Is it still cold out there? No, man, it's pretty good today. It's like 58 all day. Everything melted, so it's nice. Oh man, and that sounds good. That sounds good. So, and we got on um, my boy Adrian out here in Colorado. Um, what's going on, bro? I'm sure it's still snowing out there, huh? I got the fresh snow going on right now, so uh, I'm living the dream. All right, man, man. I'm I'm not um not surprised, but it sounds good to hear. It sounds good to hear. So, um, today is season three, episode five. Quick background of the podcast: we give detailed analysis of NBA rosters as we cover our fantasy basketball network called the Association. We got members from all parts of the world, all using real real life salaries outside of the first one because you know once you go cap, you don't go back. You feel me? And today, um, I, I got Brax and Adrian here for a specific reason. Because, you know, our fantasy deadline just ended, the NBA trade deadline just ended, and we want to talk about uh, the significant trades that occurred within that span and how the NBA trade deadline may have triggered some trades within our fantasy league. And then we'll wrap it up with um, the fantasy playoff picture with the playoffs pretty much starting a week away from now. You know, All-Star Weekend just ended, our fantasy playoffs is, is right around the corner, so, you know, this, this is a pretty exciting time. Y'all ready to get up in this? Adrian and Brex. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, for sure, man. I like the energy. Like the energy. So, first off, let's start off with um, the fantasy trade deadline and certain trades that were triggered by the NBA trade deadline. And the first one I want to bring up. Well, we're going to start here with the court. And the first one I want to bring up here heavily involves my boy Brack, so he's he's going to be leading the way. And pretty much overall, like he he owned he owned Rashawn Holmes for quite some time. I'll say over the past year or so. And you know, after the the Sacramento Kings making their moves and grabbing Sabonis and um Holmes just losing his his role that he's had over the past two years, you know, he decided to move him for Beef Stew, whose whose value is I guess relatively low at the time. People are kind of falling out on Beef Stew and and. He he actually ended up flipping that into Montrez Harrell, who who's on his favorite team, the Hornets. So that, that that's the interesting th- thing that you pulled off there to go from Holmes to Harrell. Do you want to talk about that trade, Brex? Yeah, man. Can we can we pour one out for Rashawn Holmes, please? You know, he's, <laughs> I, man, I got you. he really was one of my favorite fantasy players. You know, last year, uh, even going into this year, and start to start this year, he was it was really going off. Um, and you know he had a he had an eye thing that he, he was dealing with for a while. He, he missed like like a month with like some eye issue, and then his minutes were low, and then he got COVID, and like he just really was having a down year. And then um, you know I had high hopes, or not high hopes really, but I didn't think that after they traded for Sabonis, I thought they were going to try and play him and Holmes together and not as a direct backup. Um, but he played like something like thirteen minutes. Uh, it, the first game with Sabonis, and I was like, ooh, this might be the time where I finally cut bait. Um, you know, I, I, I dropped him in the redrafts that I was in. Uh, it was very sad to see him go. Um, but, you know, I, I was able to salvage a little bit of value for him. Um, and Isaiah Stewart, who is on a little bit of a hot streak right now. Uh, it's kind of funny how the league, there's like this league-wide consensus that, 
Isaiah Stewart like is trash, except for the one guy who has him, which is JV. JV loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I why like do you think that is trash? That I like JV. What? Uh, well, you know, it, it, coming in the season, he was getting way overdrafted in redraft leagues. People were looking at like 65, 70 as where maybe he'd finish. Um, and then Olenek went down early in the season, and people were like, all right, here we go. He's about to take off. And it really didn't affect him at all. And, you know, he, people think he's, I mean, not think he is, he is undersized for a big, at like 6'8, um, but he doesn't really shoot threes. So, you know, it's weird. I don't know if he's the long-term solution and center for them. What kind of scared me off of it was kind of like the Mitchell Robinson rumors that was that were going around for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're gonna get, like at least for this season, they're gonna give him all the minutes he can handle. Uh, you know, going in the future, I mean, who knows? I don't think he's as bad as everybody says he is, but at least for me personally, I, I mean, I, the reason I hopped off of the train early this season was because, uh, I had him in redraft and I overdrafted him and I was a little bit upset by that. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I feel like he, I mean, I, there's something I call the pendulum theorem, right? Theory where it's like opinions just swing from one end to the other. So right. especially like if someone's being example, if someone's being underrated, right. And people start to see him play well, for some reason, the pendulum just swings all the way and everybody falls in love with them and they become overrated to some degree. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, when someone's slightly overrated for, for um, for whatever reason, and people start to notice the flaws in them, the pendulum just swings all the way to a point where they become actually underrated. So, um, that, that that's is so true. Yeah, that, 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 that's kind of what we're seeing with Beast too. I mean, I, you, I think the, the most apparent story you could look at is the Carmelo Anthony story and see how the p- opinions have swayed on him. And, um, yeah, they just yeah, go from one extreme. Yeah, they just go from one extreme to the other, and and that's what you see kind of play out with Beef Stewart. But um, o- overall, uh, I think people fell in love with him simply because of his role in Detroit as a starting center, and and just the upside of his abilities because he he could get some rebounds, he can get some blocks, and he can knock down some threes. So those kind of bigs have a lot of upside. That that's why there's such an appeal in like Zach Collins when he's returning for um, mm-hmm. the San Antonio Spurs. So. You know, once people start to realize, you know, the things that Brax just just highlighted here, which is he's an undersized big. He's not all that skilled to overcome that um, undersizedness or whatever to call that. Um, and and we, we're just seeing, OK, we're, we're noticing the flaws and seeing, OK, this role that he has probably isn't going to last too long. So that's kind of why the stock has fallen on him to go all the way. But yeah, fair, though, can, we, yeah. can we all acknowledge that he has a relentless motor that he proved earlier this season? Right, absolutely. Oh, yeah, he plays hard. He plays hard. I mean, if he gets hit in the face, you know he's going to go after his, his, his abuser, you know? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. And um, I, I guess the last thing I wanted to highlight in this trade is um, how you feeling about Harold's value, Brex? Dude, um, I've always been a Montrez guy. I actually got sniped from for him in the inaugural uh, startup draft, in, like the third round or something, by somebody who's not even in the league anymore. Um, and I remember being so upset and being like, because he had paired like Ben Simmons and Montrez. Oh, that was cash, four. right? That was yeah. cash. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, damn, that's a good, that's a good pairing right there. And I was like, damn, I wish I did that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Who, who who got him in the end? You know, it's me. So uh, I'd say that worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, and he's on your favorite team. That's the icing on the cake yes, right there. Exactly. You know? 
you know, so I mean, honestly, with me with Harold, he he had that hot streak um in Washington in the beginning of the season, and I was kind of riding that in the bubble. But mm-hmm. overall, I I didn't know how his role is going to manifest long term. So I mean, I, I mean, I I wasn't really a big Harold guy because I I kind of and it's funny because I think there's a relation like the way I I, oh, I saw Harold is kind of similar to how I see Beef Stew. Right. Is that I, I, I saw that Harold played hard, but he just had these like he was undersized. And, and I guess the difference between Harold and Beef Stew is that Harold does has have some on ball skills to kind of overcome that um, undersizedness. So that, that that's the difference. But I, I did kind of see them in a similar lens in that, you know, they're undersized. So chances are they're going to be backup centers and the, the value while they're starters or getting like starter value um, is a good time to, I guess, move from there. But Charlotte is a perfect place for him to go because I mean, as you see, as you see it playing out is, you know, they will start like Plumlee, but Harold will probably get the bulk of the minutes just because of the energy he'll provide for that young team. Well, recently too, they've been playing Harold and Plumlee next to each other for really long stretches. Um, Mm, That's interesting to see how that plays out. I don't know if working is the correct word because they're one and nine over their last 10, but uh, it's not not working. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that, that was just the let, let, Let's move on to the next trade over here. This one is involving my boy Adrian. So um, I hope you're ready to talk about this. This one involves a swap of LeBron James for Paul George. Oh, which yeah. Is, yeah, which is interesting. I mean, that, that's um, pretty nice to pull off because I, 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 I honestly thought a lot of owners who own Paul George were kind of screwed with holding him and they would have to hold him through the offseason or sell like really low. But so to get someone like LeBron James who could go bonkers in the playoffs is um, pretty interesting for your win now approach. Did you want to talk about that, Adrian? Yeah, I mean, that, that, you, you basically hit it on the head there. Like, um, you know, I, I had a couple unfortunate, you know, injuries to some stars in, uh, on my team. So I think Lillard was another one that I traded a little bit earlier uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I just felt like I didn't quite have enough to actually make a, a good run, uh, a deep run in the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. with just holding Paul George there in IR. So, um, funny enough, was talking to a fellow competitor in the Warriors with Riss, and um, and he decided to take the chance. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously a very, very short-term focused move, you know, trading away George and Barton. Mm-hmm. Um, Lowry's also quite old, so I wasn't too upset about that one. Um, for basically LeBron and, and some change. So um, I, I might be regretting this one in a year or two years from now, um, but I think if, if it pays off this offseason, it'll be well worth it. I mean, not, it makes it makes sense, honestly, because, I mean, to, to be honest, Rich has been trying to move LeBron for for a while now. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's... Oh, uh, man, I wish I knew that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he knows the clock is ticking right now. But, I mean, here's the thing. Is, is, hey, you got to give me the inside scoop, man. What are nah, we doing here? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not helping you with trades. <laughs> so, so, so with Paul George, it makes sense to take on that risk and be like, okay, um, that, that, that was a smart move for Rich, honestly, to kind of take that risk and be like, chances are he's probably not going to play. And, and it definitely hurts his chances of winning this year. But, I think he's, he, if he still has Harden and having Harden and Paul George kind of on the same, I would say like eight, around the same age is is really good on his end to kind of open his win his championship window a little bit more and and just I mean you taking LeBron that makes sense because of your ability to make trades happen. 
you know, so... Yeah, I could see myself definitely moving LeBron maybe in the offseason or at some point. Next yeah, season, yeah. The, uh, if the timing is right and it makes sense, but yeah, I yes. do love LeBron, so mm-hmm. uh, it's also fun to own, so I'm not, not necessarily upset about it. I was under the impression that George was not, basically, I, I sort of kind of accepted that he was not going to come back, uh, and it seems like some news that came out you know, yesterday or, or something hints that he may be returning, but I'm, I, I just sort of assumed he's no, basically done for at least the fantasy year. Um, no, you know they've so, been playing games. Um, Adrian, that, that, uh, that news actually came out before you traded him, just so you know. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure so, it came out yesterday, the, and the deadline was, was over a week ago, so... Um, the one where I it's, the, he, he would need the uh, the two-week ramp-up period? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a big deadline, man. I see it yesterday on fan track. All right, so. all right. All right, we'll just, uh, I guess, disagree <laughs> on that. So that's, 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 another, that's, another, <laughs> that's another inside scoop he missed <laughs> on that track. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm losing my touch. I mean, I, I kind of see this similar to, you know, how I just see LeBron going to your team. I think his value goes a little bit up because your ability to move him. And it, it kind of reminds me of like when OKC kind of trades, the real OKC trades for like a rookie draft pick. The value to me goes up because of their ability to draft certain players. So, yeah, the, I mean, the trade makes sense both both ways, honestly, especially with your with where you with where you're sitting um in regards to the playoff race and i mean we'll, we'll talk about that later but let's move on to the next trade i believe um this one you're also involved in too which was the moving of jalen green and I'm, I'm always interested to see his value and how much he costs because you know i, I always got my eye on trying to get jalen green but i'm probably not gonna pay up but i'm um, go um but yeah i'm um, go, go ahead and talk about this and and your perspective yeah on sure moves. Mm-hmm. I had actually talked with uh, Joy about potentially giving him green just because he has a lot of, uh, just like, you know, he's a very, very young team and it's uh, probably at least a couple of years out from uh, even trying to compete. But who knows with Joy? Um, but, uh, you know, he, he likes green. He's, he's a fan of him. And some other conversations that I had about potentially moving green for somewhat of a more like win now um, resource. Uh, I was surprised at, at how low his value was, which sort of makes sense cause, and with sort of what you talked about, Case, about the pendulum theory, right? Like, he hasn't been really playing well uh, this season. Doesn't mean next season he can't break out and he could be the, the star that he was hyped up to be. Um, but with where he was at right now, I just sort of had some concerns around him actually getting to that point. Um, and so, in being impatient and, and how I am, I decided to, to make a move and I think I just got a ton of picks, um, like three firsts, uh, but one of them is a joystick, uh, which is basically like uh, just about a top lotto uh, or top odds lotto. Um, so I figured it, it was just more so like I'll, I'll take the chance and see, you know, take my hand at a, a top, you know, four pick, hopefully, and um, maybe even just trade that pick in the offseason. Who knows? <laughs> but, okay, yeah. Um, it was more so a, I'm not sure about Jalen Green myself um, in terms of fantasy value, so decided to cut ties before it got worse. Yeah, he, he doesn't really have the best fantasy profile, but he, he does have that up upside of a player where it still might cost a little bit to get him. Um, Can I say something about this trade, please? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I cannot, I, I don't understand this at 
all. It doesn't make any sense to me. Jalen Green this season has been one of the most negatively impactful players for a fantasy team. And obviously, you know, the joy who traded for him is not in a position to be competing, but Jalen Green is one of those guys who's harming your team more than, uh, is it help it. I think his ceiling, uh, in fantasy is about a Devin Booker, like in the 30 to 25, 30 range. He, I don't think I, there's, I don't, he's going to have to add something to his game to get him higher than that. Um, and to me, you, I, maybe I get trading the one first, which, by the way, is going to be top four. I don't know if we remember this, but the top four picks all have an equal shot to get the first overall pick, right? But adding in top four now, isn't it top three? I'm pretty sure it's top four. Casey, do you know the answer to that? Oh, as far as <laughs> top three in the lottery, top three have the have the same lotto odds, the highest, it, it, and then it kind of starts slowly going it's down. Top three, it's top three. Top okay. three have fourteen yeah. percent. Yeah. But regardless, it's, it's definitely up there. It's yeah. any, the pick is top three at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's locked in at top three at this point. So what I, what I don't understand is trading that pick plus you know the two firsts on top of it, right? Where you could get you know a Chet Holmgren with that pick or mm-hmm. a Paolo uh, with that pick, right? Or a risk thing though, right, Rex? Like like from Joy's perspective, like he has no rush in Jalen Green needing to be good now, mm-hmm. and so. He's totally fine with being patient and seeing if he can take the step to become a Devin Booker-ish player. But the pick is also comes with risk, right? Because, yes, it has top three uh, odds, but we've seen in the past couple of years when they made this change, a top three pick land number six, land number seven. And uh, a pick's value from, like, you know, the one, two, three towards, like, the, you know, five and beyond changes drastically, right? And so I think it was also from his perspective a, I don't want this to just become a bad pick uh, with the lotto and, and just be unfortunate. So um, he was sort of a floating risk from that perspective. Yeah, but you're, you're implying, you're paying as, the two firsts are implying that the pick has already fallen out of the top three, mm-hmm. right? I, 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 I get yeah. Rex's point, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're paying the, the lowest possible value on this pick before it's even been determined where the pick is, right? Like, I mean, I made the pick. I made the trade for a reason. I, I agree with you. I think I got a good deal. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying from the Jalen Green perspective, I don't understand it at all. I don't think the ceiling is there for him to crack anything higher than, than like I said, twenty five thirty. And when you have when, when you have a top pick like that, you know, you want a guy who's going to potentially jump into the top 10. You know, you look at LaMelo, you look at the prospects for Evan Mobley, maybe he can get there. Tate Cunningham, all these guys are contributing in multiple categories. Jalen Green's going to have to step up his efficiency, his assists, his steals. Maybe he sprinkles in some blocks. Mm-hmm. Right now, it, right now mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not there, and I don't know if him and the Kevin Porter Jr. backcourt is going to give him that opportunity to get there. So I, I just don't like it. I'm so low on Jalen Green for fantasy. Even and, and, this year and you know the next two years too, and, and, and it makes sense um, because like, like I highlighted earlier, he doesn't have the best fantasy profile for category leagues. And I mean, it's interesting that you brought up the Devin Booker comparison because um, I, I, I think that's an interesting one because a lot of people like to compare him to Anthony Edwards because of you know how close he was to him in the draft and just um, you know because Edwards is the previous year. And and that that's I guess that's just recency bias to think this might be how he how he might play out as far as um 
his next year or two or whatever. But right. um, but yeah, Can I, I, just I, add I, I love Edwards. Yeah, but but I'm I'm with you in that. I, I think um, the Devin Booker is definitely m- more of a a closer comparison because of especially how he's being used right now. You know, he, it kind of reminds me of how Devin Booker was being used in his first year or two. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's an interesting comparison. And like, and I know a lot of people might look at athleticism and think that, um, Jalen Green compares more to Anthony Edwards, um, athletic wise, but I don't know, man, when you were watching, when I was watching the all-star game last night, <laughs> when I saw Devin Booker catch a couple oops, I was like, man, he got some hidden athleticism there that, that he doesn't like bringing out too much, yeah, you know? So, um, you guys know I can't talk about Devin Booker. Can't talk about Devin Booker? Wait, wait, no, wait. I can't talk about Devin Booker. Elaborate why? Oh, oh, is it is it because of a, a potential trade you made, or I remember you trading Luca? Yeah, I, I, I told this. But what well, I, I told this story a, a few times, but it was basically like a long time ago, like oh, in the year that in the playoffs. Points. Yeah, okay, I was in the uh-huh. playoffs, and I dropped Booker because he was like in and out like every other game. Yeah, and my opponent picked him up, and uh, and that's when that's when he dropped <laughs> the seventy, and I lost. I love it because me? of that. Yeah, yeah. dude, that <laughs> never owned since. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and it's funny we, we did have this combo because um I, I shared my my transgression at the same time in that my opponent in the playoffs dropped seventy on me and oh I, pre- I, yep. and I I was screwed in points and threes or whatever and I ended up dropping Oladipo and going for more some more efficiency and then he picked up Oladipo who went like one for nine on the Sunday and, and ended up helping me win field goal percentage so that. that I was um <laughs> so case okay, so you and I will never own Devin Booker. I think we should make a, a pact on right, that. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I might grab him when he's like twenty nine, and people thinking his his career is over. It's so on the downward trend. Yeah. All right. So so let's let's move on to the next trade here, and this is one I guess um that that I found interesting, which is the Anthony Simons for Kendall Johnson and a mid first. And and I, I I know a second round pick went the other way, but I mean, guess that that's the Maverick second round pick, which is probably like no, in the fifties. He, he's 50s. probably not even gonna. That sounds like a drop. Whoever gets picked with that. Yeah, I mean, it, but you never know. Yeah, you never know what what you can snatch at the end of the draft. So right. I mean, I don't want to just snatch. I guess um, disregard the value of that. But but you know, overall, yeah, I, I I I love the side of of Keldon Johnson in the first. Because that that first is like a, a mid first. It's not even like a, I guess a late first. It's more like a mid first. So even though the, this draft, I feel like it's kind of lottery heavy. Then once you kind of fall out of the lottery, it kind of dies down a little bit. So I mean, you might be able to get like a lottery type of pick with this pick right here. So I mean, I I, I just like it just in the fact of you know selling high and buying buying low on players and you know Kel- uh, Kelvin I'm, Johnson. I'm gonna disagree. Okay, okay, okay. And, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. I, I, I do see the other perspective. I'll, I'll allow you to elaborate on, on the other side of the fence. But, I mean, if I, I guess for me, I just look at what Keldon Johnson costed at the beginning of the season. And even though I'm not a fan of him, his fantasy profile, I still believe that the Spurs are invested in him to a degree. So um, we'll, we'll see how how much that plays out and, and and I do wonder like how much they are invested in Simons I mean 
it, 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 this could be, you know, um, he's arrived, you know, officially. But, you know, at the end of the day, Dame is still there. So are they going to run with the Dame Simons backcourt? Are they going to moving him or so? Um, I, 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 I just like the, the, the value that Sixers is getting just because they're taking and, and getting, and just thinking about how these values can manifest over time um, to get Keldon in that mid first. I feel like you can get an Anthony Simons with that mid first over there. But, um, Brad, go ahead. Pendulum theory again, Case. Yeah, yeah, that pendulum. Yeah, but, but go ahead and Brax and uh, I'm explain your part, and, and Adrian will wrap it up with the pendulum theory theory that he's talking I mean, about. So, I mean, we've seen a few of these now where it's like, or, not we've seen, but there's been a few trades that have gone down now where it's like, it's a good win now move for one side as well as you know in the future. I I don't think Keldon Johnson ever touches what Anthony Simons is doing right now at any point in his career. Right. And I think to, for one, for Brett, the Celtics, he's making a playoff run, right. To consolidate, uh, I guess the first and Kelvin Johnson into the upgrade in Anthony Simons, um, who is just going just, you know, everybody knows he's going nuclear right now. Um, it's a good win now move for the rest of the season, obviously with Damian Lillard out. Right. And then also in the future, I think just, I don't think, I'm going to say, I don't think Kelvin Johnson ever ranks higher than Anthony Simons ever from now until the end of their careers. I just, the the fantasy profile, like you mentioned, is not there on Kelvin Johnson. Um, He's not shooting. I mean, he's shooting some threes now, but it's dragging his field goal down a little bit. The steals aren't there. The assists aren't there. There's no blocks. Right. Uh, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure his uh, free throw isn't the best either. Let me double check here. Free throw, 74% on decent volume. So, uh, you know, not ideal. So I, I just don't think, I just don't think he has, I, I, I think it's Anthony Simons. I think that side wins easily. Okay. Oh, man. I, I think it was a good trade for both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think Case and I believe a little bit more in, in Keldon than it seems like Brax does, uh, and he's still also very young, so he can definitely grow into it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I have anything bad to say about either side. I mean, it definitely makes sense for Brett um, mm-hmm. with what he did and going for for the win now move with how Simon exactly. is up and off, and, and he will for the rest of the season for sure mm-hmm. at least. Um, yeah. But and, and, and in terms and, of like long term, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Yeah, you, you're, I'll let you finish. I was going to say, in terms of, like, long-term outlook for, like, what the Sixers got, I think it's also, you know, fine. If he, if he can hit with that pick and mm-hmm. and Kelvin becomes a, a stronger player, if Simon gets into a situation now where he's not the only person who's expected and responsible for scoring, mm-hmm. um, I could see him, you know, coming back down to earth. Yeah, and, and definitely, um, and as far as Simons, even though he did trade um, Keldon, who we're talking about his future, and a, and a first, who, were, who was like a young prospect. I mean, it's not like Simons is is old. He's still like 22, I believe. So. That's true. I mean, it's, yep. it's not like he, yeah, he's still got a young asset with potential to, if, if he keeps this type of role and keeps this um, going on to some degree, um, yes, it's a win for him still long term. So, it, it makes sense for me, um, I, I guess for both sides, but. It's just interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how much Anthony Simons cost at this juncture. 
uh, part of the risk with that first too is that you could draft like maybe like a Kai Jones, for example. And, uh, you know, Here we go. Becomes, uh, rotation guy. You know what I mean? So, uh, are you saying he did the opposite? Like the draft pick I'm, value does the opposite yeah, on man. his team? He's going to No, I'm not calling anybody out specifically. I'm just saying, you know, you see Kai Jones going around 13, 14. It's even a little bit earlier than where that pick is going to be, right? You could draft like a Kai Jones, for example, and I'm a Hornets fan. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure if Kai Jones is going to be a rotation guy ever. So I mean, I'm just I saying mean, that's part of the risk with that first there. I mean, yeah, I, I got JT Thor with a second round pick, and he's about to have a bigger role than Kai that's Jones. Awesome. It's okay. <laughs> but uh but yeah let, let's move on um damn we, we we've kind of ran almost 30 minutes here but uh let, let's move on to the bubble and i guess the first um trade i want to talk about here was actually sparked by the trade deadline with norman powell and it was going him going to the clippers and i mean i i, I was kind of upset that a contender in ubrex went and grabbed norman powell with um his new role and um but but it, it was funny how you went ahead and, and turned that into Kuzma you know, after the Beal injury. So um, go ahead and talk about that, Brax, and what was your thought process you know, behind that? It's funny that you say it's funny because it immediately, like, we're talking day after for both mm-hmm. Powell and Gordon Hayward, they suffered significant injuries immediately after right. a trade. Right. Um, you traded uh, away Powell right before he got hurt? Yeah, like the day before. Like, like, like he, same he, thing with Gordon Hayward. Yeah, he traded Hayward, um, and then he got right. hurt that day. His knee, oh, man. like before the no, trade, it even was processed. an ankle thing, but it did oh, not ankle. look good. Okay, but but it was before the trade even was done processing. Hayward got hurt, <laughs> and, then, and then the yeah. So so yeah, go ahead. You, you were kind of on the you avoided the hot seat on that one, Brex. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I you know <sighs> Hayward. I had I was trying to move Hayward. I had a lot of Hornets on my team. Um. Which is never a bad thing, right? But mm-hmm. I just I felt the need, like felt like I needed to move him. Um, Powell, I mean, I, I'm not going to speak too much on Powell because I own him for a day. But um, Powell is a good efficiency guy. He's locked in that long five year contract. Um, so obviously, there's a lot of value even there for somebody who's like you know hovers in the 65 70 range and on the fourth or fifth year of his contract, he's going to make it only like 20 million dollars, right? But then you look at uh, Kuzma, who me specifically, I want a Kuzma just for the boards. And I feel like the counting stats are going to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. And also, um, his playoff schedule is a lot better than Norm Powell's this year. So mm, okay. I was kind of thinking sense. there, Kuzma to me is one of those where it's like his actual value maybe outranks or sorry, not outranks, but, uh, is just worth more than his like, uh, category rank where mm-hmm. his turnover is a little high and his free throws a little low. So it kind of drags him down in category. Um, he's ranked on like you know 80 range right now, but to me, his worth is higher than some of those guys who are also in that range. Uh, just based on his potential to rack up the counting stats. And now with Beal out, he's in these dimes. I mean, the first game I had him, he had a triple double. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, so, I, so, I mean, the whole Beal from Kuzma, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it made sense to get Kuzma due to the Bill injury, but it, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how you end up moving this long term if you end up holding him or um, moving him for a different piece. But, but, but overall, yes. Um, I mean, honestly, with me, I, I, I would have loved to hold on to Powell, but I mean, you definitely dodged a bullet 
by moving <laughs> on to Kuzma. <laughs> man, man, I, I really did. I felt really bad. Not yeah. so much the second time um, because Brett wasn't really primed for a uh, playoff run this year, but the first time uh-huh. I definitely felt um, pretty bad, and I got over it. And, and I, uh, I guess another X, and another X factor with that Kuzma is um, Porzingis and whether they end up playing him right. or not. You know, whether right. they just um, blowing smoke with that he's going to return. You know, if, if he doesn't return, that could that's going to help Kuzma a lot. And it'll yeah, be I mean, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see like how Porzingis role is if he does end up playing because I, I did consider moving him but right. I, I, I I didn't think it was worth it due to just what his role might be in Washington whether he does play this year if because if he does play this season like the upside is just too much to I guess let go of and and I, I don't want to sell him on the discount of oh he might get shut down and just just you know him I, I, you know just it's worth it to hold him and see him in this long term role especially in my position in the playoff because you know it's not good to make a all in win now move for me right now you know so mm-hmm. I'll be honest I'm, I'm looking at your team now I, just, I, have, I realized I have no idea what your bubble team looks like anymore yeah it's uh, a lot different now pretty good Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's well. a lot different. Uh, I've been working pretty hard the past few. It's actually all of it within the last like two weeks. So, well, I think it's interesting because like I feel like a lot of the trades that you've done in, in bubble are just like low key, and it's just like one at a time, and they're like more sporadic. Like there's nothing that's like whoa, he just he just traded away towns, you know? Like they're they're just all kind of like the mid range kind of guys, like the third, fourth best players on your team. There's been a lot of shuffling there. And you, you put yourself a very nice, good core of like you know five, six guys to to you know probably take you take you deep into the playoffs. So should be interesting because I think we're going to be on the same side of the bracket. Uh, hopefully not, but you know that's kind of what I was uh, that's what I was lacking was um, just kind of the depth that I I really you know felt comfortable with. It's something I think people overlook is uh, you know. I mean, maybe this has been touched on a ton, but like those really like low key guys, like a Lance Stevenson or a um, Garrison Matthews at this point are going to be super clutch late in the season when it's like, you know, you have a low game day, but Oh, thank God I have Lance Stevenson playing in round three of the playoffs on this one day. So, yeah, 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 it's just sure. there's a lot of guys that, and that's what I, I've kind of been playing through with my team is that like when you look at my team, it's not a lot of guys that you like, but it's just a certain opportunity, at certain times people get different opportunities, and it's just being in tune and just starting the right guys for sure. So like that, hey, that, that, hey, that, so that talk about it every time, but I do not understand how good your team is for what I see on the screen. <laughs> like it just does not align. It doesn't make so, sense at all. <laughs> I hope for your sake, Perzingis comes back and you make a run because like it's just it would be so epic yeah yeah for sure for sure because i mean i mean it, when you look at my team it looks like okay this is just gonna crash but you know you know it's funny because i i, I did make some silent trades before the deadline happened too and it was more to kind of help my playoff i guess run or whatever so i mean it, it was mainly in the first round though because i was looking at the first round like all right like i shouldn't worry too much about second and third round because that's that's putting the expectations too high but i should at least yeah but i should at least maximize my first round chances and just hope see how the rest plays out so um but yeah let's move on to i guess the next topic which is um the big three-way trade of that involved levine zion and kd did um I guess did um any of you have any big comments to make like Brett? Oh yeah, that was a massive one. 
Yeah, classic rebuilding move. You know, you take Zion, you know, he's got the, you know, the top 15 potential, you know, one of the best young stars in the league, and then you move him for a 34-year-old Kevin Durant. I mean, if honestly, if it's me and I'm rebuilding, I'm doing that every time. I love 34-year-old Kevin, Kevin Durant with injury issues, man, on a $40 million contract. That's all me. Mm-hmm. That's all me. I don't know mm-hmm. about you guys. <laughs> I mean, I, like, for, like for me personally, I, I actually moved away from KD just, just because. Um, I, I Wait, like, Brax, you were being sarcastic, right? No, I think it's terrible. I, I don't understand. I, I don't. I, it makes zero sense to me at all. I don't know why you moved Zion for Kevin Durant in a rebuild. You said, "Oh, thank God, I can pay her Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard." That yeah, those guys maybe get fifteen games together. Yeah, but, that, but that, that's the thing. I I I, I think Troy is looking at it from perspective of. Uh, like, okay, how, how quick can I turn around this team? Like, I mean, that's the thing. He, he, he's just trying to shoot for upside. So, so if he's going KD, Kawhi, and, and I know we're wondering how many games to actually play. But, but I guess on top of that, if you look at his team, he still has, like, who is it? Mobley and Barnes, right? Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, so, so and he still has, like, some draft picks. So I think he's looking at it from just a salary perspective. He's, he's going to go win now next year, for sure. Yeah, he's going to go win now. And so then he'll change his mind midway through the year, and then he'll change yeah, back yeah, and go yeah. at deadline. And, yeah, and, I mean... You know, we never know where Tito will be. Yeah, thought, you know, so it's funny. When I first saw this trade, I thought that the uh, the trio of uh, Zaire, uh, Horder, and First were also going to Detroit. And so I was talking to him, and I was like, Dude, nice job! Like that was that was a great return for for Zion. Who who knows if uh, you know if he's gonna come mm-hmm. back? What it, what he's gonna come back like? Right, uh, right, right. Since he's been out all year, and then I realized that all of that went to uh, the Lakers and then T-Bone. Because I, I was like, T-Bone, you never trade, and this is what you decided to come back with. And then when I saw that he got all of that too, I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. Um, so I, I think T-Bone uh, probably was the one who came out on top. I think, honestly, it was really good for Mr. Black, too, uh, going in, um, you know, basically going all in for, for the playoffs and trying to make an upset in the first round. So it should be interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely confused uh, a little bit about it from t perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for I first saw the trade at a glance, you know, I'm always looking at what Magic is doing. Like, since the draft, I always paid attention whenever he made a move. So, when I saw him pull Levine and Wendell, I'm like, how did he get Levine and Wendell? But then, yeah. I, saw, then I saw he did give up um, quite a bit to balance it out. So, I, I don't want to say anybody ran away with the steal here. I think the value all kind of balances out. But it's interesting um, how you guys criticize Choi's approach. It, you know, it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like if Kanye West owned a team in our league, <laughs> like it would be Troy just because yeah, of it's just the it's just moves he makes. <laughs> yeah, it's it very short-sighted to me, and I, and I also want to make the point that it's not. I'm not doing it because it's him, right? Yeah. I think if anybody made this trade, I'd probably be. Uh, I'm almost disappointed with it. Um, yeah. I think if anybody, like if Adrian, if you made that trade, I'd be like, you know, and you're in a similar situation, I'd be like, it's eh, terrible. Um, so I don't want it to seem like I'm picking on him or anything, even though it might seem like that. Uh, but I, I just think objectively, I think it's bad. And, and and the thing is, I think sometimes you just have to learn from lessons. Maybe he's never owned a team where he has so many upside oh, guys. Not own a team at all? You mean? No, no. Well, we'll just just to own a team where there's so many guys with a lot of upside, but they're too injury prone, right. and, and, and ended up um, just kind of ruining your whole. I guess it just feels like he went from a, a very young, you know, sort of still in the prospect phase, injury prone guy, very injury prone guy in Zion, to yeah. a you know much older, also injury prone guy. 
you know. Uh, I think if Durant was like right, and so if Durant was like consistently healthy and he didn't, he had that reputation of like he's always available. I could see it more if he's going for a big run next year. Um, but that, that that's the thing. If Durant and, and you mentioned Brad, he also has Kawhi. Like, you know, where where is he realistically going to be in the middle of the season next year? Yeah, and, and, and I, I think he's just looking at it from perspective of he has the cap to do it. So, I mean, if, if I honestly think it was just Zion nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he just Zion wanted to get rid of him if, if he doesn't come back or you know mm-hmm. what's going on. It's like his sort of similar to what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah, it can only drop. Sort of what I mentioned with Jalen Green, where I felt like you know it's kind of like now or never. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he maybe felt like that and didn't want to hold him and, and hear more bad news. Exactly, uh, yeah, going because the and now like Zion's worth nothing, you know. Yeah, because Zion's the type of um guy where his stock could just tumble quick. Where it's like right. you know, if he doesn't play the rest of the season, and then we go into the off season, and we're, we just keep hearing bad stories about him, like he, he's going to be stuck with him and going into next season. Right. I know he probably yeah, that, that that's a good point. Um, I, I feel like what he should have done was just because uh, Tito didn't really get. I mean, I guess it might have been hard to uh, get buy-in from T um, Bone, but. I feel like mm-hmm. if he did just like a straight like Zion Levine swap or something like that, mm-hmm. I'd probably like that more for him than than just getting Durant. Getting yeah yeah makes sense makes sense. All right, so so I guess the, the um, next trade I wanted to talk about or or the the most significant one, less significant one in the bubble was the Paul George for Toppins Reddish and Tht. Uh, what what do you think about that, Adrian? Who do you think won on that on that one? I mean, I think value-wise, I think everyone was pretty clear that um, uh, Nate definitely got the best of Ben. I think Ben sort of was, I think, you know, he started the year and was like in top 10, was doing pretty well, um, and then uh, got some major injuries, and McConnell, and George, and I think a couple others as well, and he just kind of given up. Um, yeah. And I think he's he's taken that the last couple of weeks like to the extreme of just like I'm just fire sailing anyone over like 26 years old, um, and so I don't know he's a Knicks fan so maybe you know top and reddish uh, he values him higher than than what most sense. people do. Um, makes sense. And, and reddish does and, have the upside. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah reddish yeah. does definitely have upside, but uh, mm. I think for George could probably have gotten yeah. more from a value perspective. Yeah. But then you do have to take into account the consideration of the of the contract, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we just talked about Detroit taking Durant. Like, that is a very hard contract to trade. You know, mm-hmm. not many people can just take a $40 million uh, contract. And so George is, like, right behind him in the, like, what, a 38 range or something like exactly. that? Exactly. So, and, that, and, um, and that's the, I think that's the big part here with, if Ben was here, that's what he would highlight in that he was, right. he was just opening up cap space. And, right, and that there weren't other suitors, mm-hmm. right? So um, I sort of get it. I think if yeah. I were in Ben's position, I might have just held on to George until he was like playing better and healthy, and maybe mm-hmm. trading him in the off season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he rushed it. Um, yeah. But all things considered, it's not necessarily a awful trade if Redditch does jump up. If THT does jump up, I'm not sure about Toppin, but uh, the other two definitely have potential. Okay, and I guess the last two um, trades that were, I guess, potentially triggered by the trade deadline was I, I saw Montrez Harrell was moved similarly, you know, within his new role in Charlotte, and um, seeing 
Um, Brissette was actually an interesting one that I saw being moved as far as with, you know, Sabonis leaving and, you know, just, just the whole chunk of big men out there in Indiana and seeing, like, how, how much each one will be worth. So, Brad, uh, you got Harold and both? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very under the radar, though. Very under the radar. I, I mean, yeah, apparently. I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, I mean, Bryce, is any comments on that hero trade or is it kind of similar? Uh, to I mean, it was, a re- it was actually a really. There's a lot of moving pieces in it. Um, it moves like Linux. Oh man, there's there's probably probably like eight or nine pieces in that trade. Daniels, Killian Tilly, David Duke in a second. I, I think yeah. you, you definitely got the by far best piece in the, the trade. It's definitely a good move. Yeah, what I really like about that one, um, at least on on. The other side uh, is that he took Tilly and immediately flipped him for Frank Jackson. Um, I think he's a little bit of an underrated um, fantasy guy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Harold. Uh, yeah, I'm just I've always been a Harold guy, mm-hmm. and then, you know him going to the Hornets really made, motivated me to uh, um, make that trade. Adrian, did you say you said Olenek? You saw Olenek was in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. To me, it felt pretty fair. He needed a little bit of injection of youth. Um, he's a big Olenek guy. I mean, I am as well, but... Uh, and and, I, and I, I guess um the... I guess, did you want to finish that, slide, that sentence right there? Or? Yeah, I, I just think it's impressive. I think Olenek is, has got a little bit of value next year as well. I think it's impressive even in, on, in his – he's having a major slump right now, but he's still mm. racking up assists. You know, he's getting four or five, six assists a game. Mm. Um, playing, you know, limited minutes too, and I think they signed him to that contract yeah. with the idea that he was going to be traded. Mm. Uh, like how they kind of did with Plumlee. Yeah, so yeah. I think if so he gets moved to somewhere where – you know, he potentially could be playing a bigger role on a team mm-hmm. that actually matters. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we all know what happened last year. Obviously, that wasn't a team with that was playing for anything, right? Yeah. But if he gets a little bit more minutes, he's gonna—he's kind of had this really late breakout in his career. He wasn't doing this early in his career. Yeah, no, he, really interesting. Yeah, he, he was just known as like a playoff beast, where it was right. like um, he, he was there like as a muscle guy who didn't yeah. really rack up stats. So it was interesting to see him um, go to Miami and develop his game. Because it's really in Miami where his game really started to blossom, and, and um, and then when he got the big role in Houston, that it, we saw the upside of what he could do. He was like baby Jokic, or or should I say Papa Jokic, um, <laughs> to a degree. So, yeah. extreme case, but yes, he had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brax owned him. I mean, am I going too far by saying he was no, like man, a poor he man's Jokic? He yeah. the finals, so, he was going you know, ham. He was going I, I had a little bit of emotional attachment there for me. <laughs> hey, he took you to the finals where you, you lost two Jokic. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, but here's the thing: is that um, I mean, I guess um, the convo on Olenek in the in that his role seems like trash right now with um the front court being clogged up. But th- th- this is why um this is what why I kind of like my team is just you just grab guys that are good in fantasy and wait for the opportunity to come because you never know if you know injury happen or even if it's not major injuries like you we came one night oh Bagley and Isaiah Stewart are out and you know you're playing Brax in the playoffs like sheesh you know I know Olenek's about to get this 35 minute night you know so um yeah I I think it's good to just hold on to good guys that are good in fantasy that are good in cat leagues and and just wait for their opportunity so um but yeah yeah, um, go ahead I'm eager for some 
tea and March Madness. I have no idea what's going on in there. I, oh, I yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, yeah. Oh, and I guess I just wanted to shout out, shout out Troy one last quick was I'm just seeing Brissett he got for a second and then and then going ahead and flipping that to move up 10 spots in the first, I think was... Oh, that was like three hours later he did that, I think. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good move by him and just seeing the value of percent that clogged up Indiana Pacers, whatever. But yeah, like you said, moving on to March Madness, I guess the main trade that I, I saw here was the the Ben Simmons trade. And, yeah. And it's funny how... You know, I, I woke up in the morning and, and, and I saw that transaction... Um. And I, I was like, hmm, like that. That's interesting to see how much um, ben, ben Simmons went for. I mean, do you have the trade in front of you, Adrian? To, I do, to, yeah. Okay, uh, go so ahead. Ben Simmons, ben Simmons was traded away from by Elton mm-hmm. um, to uh, Ian uh, over you know Texas A&M, and, mm-hmm. and Ian gave him Norman Powell, uh, which I think was before the injury too, yep, in terms of yep. value at the time. Yep, uh, Gafford. And a first. Now that first is uh, currently fourth best uh, odds. Right. Um, so we're talking like like top pick, uh, along with Powell, who just got traded to uh, the Clippers before injury, and Gafford as well. So everyone was scratching their heads as far as uh, you know Simmons's or what he went for. Um, given that he still hasn't played, and uh, too high or too low, well, I well, think he's he definitely way overpaid. Yeah, and, 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 and you know what's interesting is this. Okay, because I woke up in the morning, and, and this is, I guess, um, my personal vendetta with this is that because you know I, I had been I drafted Ben Simmons in this right. So when I so when I traded Ben Simmons to Ethan, right? It was for mm-hmm. like I, I gave him Ben Simmons and Ball Ball for Zach Levine. Everybody went bargains like, whoa, 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 what is this? Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, yep. like they're yep. saying that it was like a highway robbery or whatever that mm-hmm. I was able to pull Levine out from Ben Simmons. So I wake up in the morning and I see this Ben Simmons trade. I'm like, wait, hold up. And I go to the chat and no one says anything. No, one no we did. There was, well, there was definitely well, some chatter about it. Well, well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. When I was looking at it, I was monitoring to see how people were going to respond and no one was saying anything. So I I was actually the first person to speak up. I was like, oh, wow. I, I was like, wow, that, that's a lot of value. <laughs> yeah, for how, how, yeah. how, how the value changes so quickly. You well, know, so what's really interesting, right, is like, uh-huh. you know, just about everyone in the league and most people in general are much more familiar with the the value that, you know, comes along with this category league. Okay. And so when you think about it from a point system, I know historically Simmons was like roughly like a 40-ish, point per game player when he was at his like you know peak in mm-hmm. in Philly. Uh, Powell has like barely ever eclipsed thirty. Uh mm-hmm. Gafford is like in the like mid to high twenties. Um so those two pieces are just sort of like role players but not like a core piece um from a, a points value perspective. But that pick, you know, you you look at, you know, it being someone in the range of a, you know, Mobley or um you know, honestly, like like Halliburton or you know guys like that, because this, this is going to be you know a likely top five pick. Um, that I think is the key, the key asset that I'm like, well, why are why are we moving that for for someone mm-hmm. who still hasn't played? Because if Simmons was healthy and playing and was hitting those consistent forty a night, um, wouldn't necessarily be uh, I think a bad trade at all. Uh, but the exactly. fact that there is so much question, you're trading for his peak value. And mm-hmm. I think you should never be trading for someone at their peak value mm-hmm. because then you, you can't, quote-unquote, win or you can't improve off of that. 
yeah, it, it's almost like because I mean, when I look at the trade, I'm like, these are like okay, obviously, like you said, like that top five pick is the core piece of that trade for the other side. But I mean, I'm like, I'm looking at the other pieces. I'm like, I mean, these pieces could be the core. <laughs> like you could make a trade around these as well, like with Norman Powell, and like you know how you say he was just hovering around thirty in Portland. But I mean, a- after Dame got hurt and everything, like he was starting to go above thirty and be more around. I'll say like yeah. thirty five probably. And then w- when we yep. went, and then after the trade to the Clippers, like this was the this was the trade like after he was going bonkers after the trade in Clippers. So I, I believe he had like a couple 40 point games and whatnot and i was just looking at what um norman powell could do in the playoffs without paul george and Kawhi. like they weren't going to be around during the fantasy playoffs i mean probably like a five percent chance for paul george or 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 any of that but um it's interesting to see like how this trade i guess over time like this this trade actually aged well i will say it's just at the moment um I mean, it aged well because of what happened to Norman Powell's injury and how that shut down his upside right. to finish. I think it's, it's like mm-hmm. the yeah, but like I think I'm I'm totally in agreement with you, Kaiser. Like mm-hmm. he's not. I don't think it's necessarily like an awful trade in terms of like what it will become. Assuming yeah. Simmons obviously comes back and plays well, mm-hmm. um, but at this point in time, with what the value was, yeah, uh, like you just could have gotten him for so much less. I think. Um, I gotta jump so. in. I gotta jump in. I, I think it's really interesting how you know in this trade you guys are harping on the that that top pick, right? Top five mm-hmm. pick, right? But then we go back to the Jalen Green trade earlier right. in the court, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, that pick, you know, that could fall out to five, number five or number six. So that mm-hmm. pick's not worth that much. Mm-hmm. It's like I just think it's interesting the the parallels here because one one is for Jalen Green and one's for Simmons, and, and if it's me, right, I'm taking Simmons over Jalen Green easily. I mean, I, obviously, I don't really have a lot of experience with points, mm-hmm. but I, I just think the parallels between those two deals are, are are really interesting. I feel like you get Powell for a mid-first pretty easily. I feel like you get uh, Gafford for a mid-first pretty, pretty easily, which is essentially what was moved um, for Jalen Green. So it's really, to me, the what was paid for both Jalen Green and Ben Simmons is pretty similar. So mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting to hear, uh, you know, one of them, is pretty good, or he, he, they overpaid for Simmons, but the other one, yeah. oh no, you, we didn't overpay for Jalen Green. Well, well here's and here's the thing, and you're absolutely right in those analyses, but I guess that's if we hone in on that on the picks, right? But I, I guess the reason we we were saying this was an overpay was because of the subsequent parts of that pick, which is the whole Norman Powell and Daniel Gafford, and it, you know, especially if Porzingis doesn't play the rest of the season, like Gafford could have a sizable role going forward. But but yeah, like, like we said, this um. Like uh, it, uh, we're talking about our initial reaction to where these values were at, but like we said, the we, we think that the trade has aged pretty well, even though it's only been a week or two later. But that's how quick you know values change in fantasy. Um, this was pre Nets trade in real life. Well, th- th- this was right after the no, Nets trade. Yeah, it was right after the Nets trade. Okay. So, I do think you raised a really interesting point in drawing that comparison of, mm-hmm. of the two trades. Um, yeah. I think the only argument, probably, as to why like the Simmons one can be seen as worse is larger contract because uh, this league is also mm-hmm. salary. Um, and Simmons, we've already seen, I would say, his peak, and he could maybe return to it. But um, you know, we know what his ceiling is, and Jalen Green is so like a well, what could he become? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so and he's a lot younger as well, right? I think he just turned twenty. So yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. That's right. Youth, youth counts a lot right, more yeah. in Dynasty. Yeah, youth counts a lot more in Dynasty. Yeah, For sure. I mean, you know, you. But, but, but I feel you. I, I feel I feel you, Bryce, especially when I see your approach to fantasy. You you never go too young ever. So you're you're definitely more of a safer player. Where it's like you might grab some young guys, but you're generally your core of your team is very reliable and you and you go with that reliable pump bill as well so right. I, I right. definitely That's understand fair. especially with Ben Simmons he fits exactly what you like to do <laughs> so my, uh, my favorite trade from March Madness and all the, the buzz which by the way just overall across the three leagues like how great the amount of uh, activity that we had uh, I think it was super fun um, oh, yeah. my favorite trade was uh, Ethan <laughs> Ethan deciding to finally trade away Jackson Hayes and oh my god! was just like, Do you really? Yeah, you, it's That's like you love Jackson Hayes, right? Like everyone who knows Ethan, who's been in like the core of the bubble, knows that Ethan loves Jackson Hayes. And so right as he actually starts like playing well and contributing on the Pelicans, he decided to to ship them away for some picks. I thought it was just the, the timing of it was just so so perfect oh. and very very funny. Man, you know that was. I think that might have been the first trade ever in the court, as far as player for player goes. Which was, you know, it was like Hay or Kawhi and for Hayes essentially um, three yeah, years that, ago. That the first, yeah, that was the first. So three years ago, Kawhi, the not now Kawhi. Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Is there any other trades? I guess you guys want to highlight or let let some run through these playoffs scenarios real quick. You guys good? I think those are the key. Yeah, I think those are the key March Madness ones. Let's keep going. All right, cool, cool. Let, let, let's jump right into the playoffs. So I, I will jump right into the bubble. And I, this is what I like to call the bubble rumble because you never know what's about to go down, especially when we look at on the two teams that people are keeping an eye on with Lakeland Magic and the Wisconsin Herd. Um, currently, they're at 15th, 16th, but um, likely um, Magic might jump up to the 14th or 13th seed. So um, with, with you guys sitting at the top, you know, I, I know um, um, to me, Adrian, I think your team is the favorites i think that should be that's to everyone and then just seeing skyhawks and um the um crews you know brack's team and matumbo's team still at the you know being that one of the top contenders after making it to the finals is you know kudos to them to, on staying consistent in, in fact you too as red claws you were you were up top um last year as well so um kudos to all three of you guys um to, yeah, to me in the playoffs yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to me, um, I, I feel like OKC should it should be in you guys' class. But after that Luca trade for Maxi and Bamba, although it was working out when Simmons was out, but now that you know they've traded for Harden and whatnot, that takes away a lot from what Maxi could do. Although Bamba could still sustain his upside as a big man, but yeah, I, I just think um, just seeing that team with Luca would have been a lot more scarier going into the playoffs. But, I mean, how, how do you guys feel with um, all this that I just mentioned with, you know, the fear of Magic and Herd and um, just where you guys are standing? I'll start with you, Adrian, since you're at the top. Sure, yeah. And there, there's definitely some some nerves on my end as far as what my, my first-round matchup could look like. Because, you know, we're talking about Herd, but I think also the, the 905 is down there and might actually beat out Herd to take that 16 seed, and I think I'll, I'll probably end up uh, playing him. Um, okay. And I think he, he made a couple of late season uh, kind of more win now trades. I think he got rid of Zion, um, and he's got a pretty deep team, right? He's got uh, Derek White, McCollum, Horford, uh, McCall Bridges, who's been on fire lately, uh, Isaiah Stewart, we've talked about him a lot, uh, and Anobi as well. So um, that's definitely not a very fun 
uh, first round matchup. Um, yeah, McCollum, so McCollum is CJ. I'm CJ, and um, Derek White are pretty big with that trade deadline for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so definitely some nerves on mine. And let's not forget the nine to five made semis last year, um, mm-hmm. and before he got bounced, I think by Matumbo. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely some, some nerves on mine for some of those uh, low seed teams who are going to be coming in and, and looking for an upset. How do you feel, Beck? Uh, I mean, to touch on your point, I think you've overlooked the scenario where you you can play uh, Wisconsin Herd if he goes eight one against the Iowa Wolves this week, which is seems uh, well within the realm of possibility. Uh, the Iowa Wolves actually fall out, and Herd maintains that sixteenth seed. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I have a hard time believing you're worried about anybody. To be honest, um, it, it's a pretty dominant team you got going over there. Uh, and obviously, we saw what happened last year, right? But um, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to take somebody with a specific build, I think, to um, do something there. I I, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I looked over, um, and to be fair, it's only been what, like four days. Like I think for this current matchup so far, nine oh five would be beating me like six three or five four or something like that. Um, yeah. I, I think there's definitely some valid nerves. All it takes is a bad scheduling week, a couple injuries, yeah. um, and you know your, your season's done. So yeah. um, I don't think you can take any any game whatsoever for granted at some playoffs. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Case. Oh, yeah, well, well, um, well I, I was just going to add on top of what you guys are saying. It's just that um, I'm glad to be somewhere in the middle. Instead, I mean, even though you guys at the, are at the top, and it, you guys are supposed to have the easier matchups. But um, you guys, I, I'm glad to look at this and be like, okay, we can have some top teams taken out in the first round and, and to see how that plays out. But um, what were you going to say, Brex? <laughs> I mean, I just I was actually going to touch on the same point you made, where it's like a couple of these uh, the teams that are going to be in the you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen range are, um, in my opinion, potentially a little bit scarier than some of the teams that are in that mid round or mm-hmm. mid range. Absolutely. Definitely, so. definitely, because um, I'm, I'm looking at my range because I'm currently sitting at eighth, and I'm, I'm looking at two teams that I'm I'm hoping I I, I play, which is um one Delaware Bluecoats because of what he said um in, in the trade deadline saying hey I'm probably not gonna be in getting the playoffs dog come get, come get my good players so so just hearing that tone from him I'm like oh I mean even though I mean I think he might be sleeping on his team a little bit on what he could do in that first round but uh, I'm definitely targeting that mentality going into the playoffs and then um another team um at first I was kind of avoiding Stockton Kings but as you guys um highlighted I guess in the beginning before we started the this was just how he has both AD and Chris Paul um, out mm-hmm. right now. So that, that that's another that's team, team that you want to play. Yeah, so that's another team that I'm kind of um, hoping I could play. You know, barring I don't have injuries, and you know, I, I know they're looking at me like, oh, I might want to play Seattle if Porzingis isn't playing. So it, it, it's it's interesting to be in this little bubble um, and see how competitive it will get. I know one team we're avoiding is probably Birmingham Squadron. I, I know he's he he he's looking pretty solid going yeah, into he's the somebody playoff. I've liked since uh, since last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, when I was thinking, you know, when he got whenever he got healthy, he'd be mm-hmm. uh, a pretty solid team. And if Murray, I don't know if we heard a lot about Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't think we have yet. He does yeah, have he, Jamal Murray waiting in the wings. 
yeah, uh, you know, if he if he's able to get to that second or third round, and Murray's able to come back for a couple mm-hmm, games, that could be mm-hmm. huge. I, I, I would say like to wrap up that bubble area, that um seventh through like eleventh range or whatever. Like you, you definitely want you, you're you're targeting those two or maybe even my team um in that range, and then you're you're definitely avoiding like squadron. You're probably avoiding. Bayhawks. Even though I was, I wasn't avoiding him all that much. Looking at his playoff schedule, but I mean, the key is to not fall too low to where you're playing Long Island Nets and Mexico City Capitans in that first round. So that that that's the the goal if you're in that range. Um, is there anything else you guys want to highlight in the bubble, or we can move on to um March Madness because uh. Well, one thing I did mention in the bubble was how Stockton Kings were was missing AD and CP3, and and go ahead going ahead and seeing, um, and looking at the March Madness, we highlighted how Wolverines we they were just having a conversation in Discord. Yeah, we were just having a, a conversation in Discord, and you know I think it was it Jerome or uh someone called out uh. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin. Yes, yeah, someone, yeah, someone called that the Wolverines and, and, and said, "Hey, how you feeling right now?" So he, he's also missing AD and CP3, which the Stockton Kings, as, as we just discussed with the Stockton Kings in the other league. So that that's a interesting um, parallel to see there. Uh, is there anything? Well, I, I guess Adrian is. Are, are you paying much attention to the playoffs of March Madness? Because I know you're tanking there, right? Well, so, yeah, I am tanking. So I haven't, you know, I'm not like in depth kind of analyzing, you know, standings and things like that. But looking at it here, case actually right now you're slotted to play the second seed. Um, yeah, yeah. You're in the 15th spot. So if um, I don't know if, if that'll hold up because he's we've got a couple potential tiebreakers that might you know change things. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. If you do end up where playing him, you could have mm-hmm. a uh, a pretty strong uh, you know outing and, and upset in that first round, and, and oh, at least yeah. you know, make your money back heading to the second. So, oh yeah, definitely. Um, this would be exciting from your perspective. Definitely, and and, and I, I do feel like I could be higher in the standings because, uh, there, uh, to be honest, there were some nights that I I kind of missed on some points that I could have started some guys, and that did caused me to lose a couple games and, and I was injury riddled to begin the season with Ingram out and mm-hmm. I, and, and Okongu coming back is helping me a lot as well so uh, there, there's and, and like you know how I traded for Levine and, oh, but that's the thing Levine's knee and I don't know how much he's going right. to play in the playoffs so that's going to be a big I think he's Okay. He played in the All Star game, so he should be coming back. Uh, that's true. That's Chris true. Paul played in the All Star game too. But. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Levine did say that he's going to come participate in All Star activities, but I mean, his return after wasn't, I guess, guaranteed. So sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, um, it, but well, yeah, I definitely, time, yeah, I definitely saw what you highlighted in that. Uh, I, I was currently. Um, in position to play against the injury, um, the injured Wolverines. But like I said, like the tiebreaker doesn't look like it's going to keep me there. I'm probably going to move up. And, and speaking of tiebreakers, what I did want to highlight is importantly just how, you know, you could be fooled by the record because, you know, we're just going on. You win this week and you lose this week. You go 1-0. Right. Or, you know, it doesn't say how much you lost. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Exactly. So, so um, it's, it's interesting to see how if, if you organize by fantasy points for and fantasy points against, you kind of – you you get a better 
um, value of how strong certain teams are. So, um, Absolutely. And, and, I, and like when I did the organizing, like it, it made me feel great about my team because if you organize points against, I think I, I have the most points, fantasy points against. So I'm like, oh. So Damn, really? I, I, yeah, so I probably had the hardest. Oh, game. yeah, you do. Yeah, and then when you organize for points four, I'm actually a top 10 in the points four team in the points four category. So yeah. um, that, that, that had me feeling good going in, like regardless of um, who I, I think another good one to look at is um, mm-hmm. is win streaks um, because oh. um, mm-hmm. what's interesting is uh, if you're going I guess things can change over the course of a season, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you've got some injuries, or, or you mm-hmm. made a trade to go more win now, or things like that. You look mm-hmm. at a team like uh, the Cal Poly Mustangs. Funny enough, the Wolverines have a 16 win streak, um, but the Mustangs have an 11 win streak, and the mm-hmm. Eagles nine. Uh, and down below in the ninth seed, the Fighting Bees have an eight-win streak. So mm. um, those could be some teams that you may not want to face because they, you know, they're hot. I don't know. Certain trades played out. Yeah, they're they're hot. So no, um, yeah, I think it'll you, be really really interesting to see. You definitely put me on game on there because I wasn't really paying attention to streaks as much. Uh, because I, I, I was thinking that's more schedule based, but yeah, you definitely highlighted a great point there. And that, like, if someone's having like a sixteen win streak, like, you can't you can't be looking at the schedule for that. Like, that's like the for odds sure. of that being the schedule are very low. So yeah, right. that's um, that that's but yeah, that, I guess that that overall um kind of leads to my overall point of just the seeding and records could kind of throw you off and how this playoffs is going to be pretty unpredictable. And and just one thing I, I noticed is um just the unpredictability of of the, this format just just reminds me of fantasy football obviously because it's a points league but um but yeah just since it's a points league it feels like it's almost like a hybrid fantasy football league <laughs> to a degree but but yeah I'm, I mean I mean overall I know Brax is he, he's quiet for a reason he's not a fan of points leagues. Um, me, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of points leagues myself, but um, th- this was intriguing, especially with the format that we had. And um, yeah, I, I've, I've had fun so far. Yeah, so thanks for having me on there, Adrian. And uh, I look forward on to seeing how this league blossoms and where it goes. Definitely. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess we could we could wrap this up and go over to the court. And the one thing that I noticed is that um, in comparison in comparison to the bubble is that there's a bigger win gap total in the bubble. But when I look at the teams and look at the details, it feels like there is a bigger talent gap in the court because as we just discussed in the bubble, uh, like it, it, it's a Royal rumble, you know what I'm saying? Like those top four teams could, could end up getting bounced based on how good those bottom teams are. And uh, I, I don't feel as as much the same way in the court. Uh, did you want to elaborate that? I'll go over to Brex. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like how you know in in I guess for example, like in bubble, there's a clear like you know first tier, second tier, third tier, whatever, right? But in here, you know, it almost feels like the top seven, eight teams are all in one tier together. So right. I think that like all of them are you know separated you know one two three four games apart games back from first place, um, and then you you jump to the bottom half, and some of these teams in the bottom half can make some noise as well. You know, I, I, maybe point out myself a little bit. I had a really rough stretch of about three weeks with um, like DeRozan went down with COVID. Jimmy Butler was out. Gobert was out. So like I tumbled in the standings, right? But I feel like I can win the whole thing, and I'm sitting at twelfth right now. So I just I think uh, uh, maybe more so 
uh, more parody in here right now compared to way more parody. Um, Bubble, which is interesting because the whole reason for salary, I guess, or part of the reason is is to in- increase parity. So I think we've mm-hmm. done a good job um, in the court, at least to this point, which uh, with you know the parity between teams, which is a huge concern for some people a couple of years ago. But right now, mm-hmm. I really like where the league is at. So. And to tag yeah. on to that, that, that's the whole reason I'm tanking. To, I mean, part of my decisions is part of where I'm tanking. But just looking at the landscape of the league, it was getting ugly, dog. Like, especially when Adrian came in and started making his trades. Oh, here we go, another Chuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so that, that, that court was, was looking like it was going to get ugly and very top-heavy. So um, it, it's, it's nice that you mentioned the whole parody part. And how certain teams stay strong um, through that weather and whatnot. So, um, Adrian, the only the only team, yeah, the only team I was going to say that is not a, a threat is Ben because he, he this is a sort of similar bubble where he just yeah. blow it up now, and he's sitting in thirteenth right now. But he traded away like all of his good pieces. So whoever gets him is basically getting a buy in the first round. But other than that one, like every, any team you hit, like could be interesting. Does, um, does, do you remember that trade that that first trade he did that kind of sparked that chat to go kind of crazy? It was, it was AD for Cam Reddish and um, RJ Barrett. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yep. So who traded AD? Right, Anthony Davis. Yep. Wow. So so it's interesting how that trade even aged. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, this was like, like probably a month ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I I know we kind of like um shelled on him for trading away AD, like making that um, rebuild move in the midst of the playoff starting. So to mm-hmm. see him move away from AD and, um, you know, sometimes when we when we have this logic of I want to move away from an injury-prone player, it's, it's funny to see, ah, see, I was right. You know, so I know that's probably how he's feeling on his end. And um, But, yeah, it just didn't make sense at the time to – to trade for two guys that weren't really playing as well or whatnot, and a guy that could be like a top four guy for you in the playoff span, you know. So, right. I think, especially with no salary, it was definitely something you probably could have gone a little bit more of at the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. with, you know, with Davis's injury woes, like, you know, every time I see these, oh, out for two weeks, oh, out for three weeks, like, it's just like, yep, here we go again. Like, this is your classic Anthony Davis. So, um, I think again here, you know, Barrett, Reddish, both Knicks. I think he, he plays hard into, you know, liking uh, his favorite team and, and the players on it. So um, I think after that one, he, I then did a massive trade with him um, where he sent me, you know, Lowry, Vooch, uh, Mello, Conley, uh, and I sent them Capella and, and some picks and, and other pieces. So um, really going hard into the youth movement. You know, he brought in Kobe White, traded away Capella that I gave him, um, and it seems like, you know, gone big into making some adjustments. So he, he's definitely not a, a playoff threat at this point um, and, and went hard into going young to, to improve long term. Okay, okay, for sure, for sure. But yeah, um, I mean, I don't really have comments on the playoff race in the court. I mean, I don't really care. I'm tanking, dog. Y'all have a blast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free-for-all. That's yeah. sums it up. It's, it's going to be a free-for-all. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how it plays out. I'm very excited. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, did you guys have any more comments on this, or are we good? Oh, I think I'm probably, probably good. good. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm good too. So I guess to wrap this up, this is opinions, not 
facts, anything you disagree with, leave us a comment, send a message, always willing to debate and see other perspectives. And next episode, you know, we, we should be in the midst of the playoffs. So we'll have some contenders uh, on that episode to talk more about it. I mean, I, I know we have contenders here, but I mean, we'll see um, who we end up having it. But with that being said, Thank you for listening to Case Court Podcast. It's your boy Case, the realest basketball fan alive. And I'm here with your boys Brax and Adrian. And we out. Uh, I've been killing all these suckers where they get, man. Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man. Uh, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. Uh, call me Captain, always gotta look for him. Beats up. I almost put a hook on it First so far, I almost put a cook on it Had this shit jumping, looking like I put a foot on it Got a hundred on a dash when I book Sonic Only game that I play, got a book on it Got a flow so hard that it looks solid Y'all be cynical, pitiful, read a book, college Running it, they was putting like Weezy and Baby stunting To Satan, I'm paying nothing to sofa like David Ruffin All these niggas got about get why they hating them I ain't singing to these bitches, I lead that shit to Drake and them Pull up in the all black, but I never was saving them I was probably just slaying them, nigga barely was dating them I can do this till I'm 50 cause I rap with the cars You gon' quit it when you're 30 cause you rap in the cars Swear your shit up a I've been killing all these suckers where they at, man Seeing through your cap cause my vision is a cat scan Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman I've been killing all these suckers where they at, man Seeing through your cap cause my vision is a cat scan Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman I've been rolling dolo on them, I don't need me no robbing So I be running through paper that be thick but no robbing Man, I grew up in the city where them niggas be robbing I ain't stressing, I ain't messing with a bird like a robin Many niggas that can reckless, I approach it with caution Finessing how I move but go harder than rob, man Even at the bottom, I reach up for the top, man This is how you elevate from worker to the boss, man I ain't Mike Posner, I ain't posting too often But I'm trying to run the map from LA out to Boston Relationship goes, what the hell is she talking? I'm just trying to bang go something like Andy Dalton Niggas say they ballin', well how much did it cost? And I ain't talking LA, but these niggas be dodging Looking for the competition, feeling like I done lost them Cause it's murder that I wrote, caught a core in this chalk and don't get lost in the I've been sauce killing suckers where they at, man. Seeing through your cap, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac Man, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. I've been killing all these suckers where they at, man. Seeing through your cap, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac Man, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. Blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. Like an out on the track like I'm Batman Like an out on the track like I'm Batman Like an out on the track like I'm Batman